Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who have great personalities Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, welcome to Wood Talk number 186 for June 9th, 2014. On today's show, we're talking about bringing your kids into the shop. It's kind of a Father's Day special, if you will, and Shannon can't join us today. He's got other obligations, so he won't be here. And uh, it just so happens that the two of us that are left happen to be fathers at very different stages of of life with our kids. So uh, let's see. All right, we got a couple other things to talk about, some emails, very basic stuff for today's show. It's almost a one-topic episode, but not quite. Um, Yeah, all right. Well, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll get right to it. When you spend weeks crafting the perfect box or cabinet, why would you use anything but the highest quality hardware? Russo has been making high-precision hardware here in the United States for over 20 years. The entire line is available in brass and stainless steel at brusso.com. While you're there, be sure to check out the new line of knife hinge installation templates. As a special offer to Woodtalk listeners, use the code WOODTALK at checkout for 10% off. Nice. And hey, before we get into the good stuff here, let me also mention that if you go to woodtalkshow.com, you can sign up for our email thingy, where basically you just get an email in your inbox letting you know an episode is out there and ready for you. I subscribe myself just because I like to see (laughs) that it actually works. And uh, it's really cool. It just, as soon as I hit publish, it goes out and you have direct access to the latest episode. So that is good stuff. And also while you're there, uh, look in that left-hand column and you'll see some donation links. And if you're interested in supporting the show like Bill C. and Wayne W. did, you could do that with a one-time or a recurring donation, whichever you please. And if not, you know what? Just listen to the show because that's, that's, that's really all we ask for. That's it. I mean, we are so low-key when it comes to the things that we Loki? wish from our audience. Loki, Like Thor Loki? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Low-key. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time putting a separation between I get so some of confused. my words. I get so confused these days. All right, well, let's move into what's on the bench. And uh, I'll be honest, there's just not a whole lot for me. It's been all about the new puppy in my house. And uh, in fact, taking furniture out of the space where the puppy is and, and trying to make sure it doesn't get chewed up so I don't have repairs to do later on. I imagine that you're also going through quite a few sheets of shop towels or shop uh, um, uh, napkins or yeah. something, too. Yeah, well, we realized last night it was the first night with the puppy, and we're like, uh, where, where are the paper towels? Oh, they're, they're in the garage. And we have this thing where our son's room is right by the back garage door. And uh, garage doors are just super heavy so that they auto-close. So it's just it's a, just a loud thing to go into the garage at night. So we're just like, oh, crap. Literally, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, crap. We don't have paper towels. So uh, they had to, we had to wait till this morning to get them. But all's well. The puppy seems uh, to be okay. Had to get a little dewormer action going, a little flea and tick action. But uh, I don't know if she'll be a shop dog. I find that most dogs I... <laughs> I have in my possession don't really want to be in the shop very long, but uh, we'll see. Uh, she's got she's got some promise. We'll see what happens. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, no, she's a short hair, right? So she's not going to do any good for you, like say Alex would if Shannon was here. <laughs> yeah, I can't put know. a I can't put a stick in her butt and move her around the shop like a big dust mop. You know? <laughs> exactly. Well, in that case, why even? Have, maybe you could use her to help, like uh, actually clean the floor, put a little you know wet on her or something, throw some water on her, a little sudsy. Yeah, that's true. I do have a lot of hard surface flooring with the epoxy coating. She might be uh, be able to help me scrub the floor a little bit. So yeah, and with a little bit of that give in the floor, you know that that little texture it might yeah. actually double 
whole, that's like a back scratcher. Oh, it could be great. Uh, but <laughs> that's about it for me. What about you? Not really a lot. As I was relating just before we were going live, uh, I had a little hardware issue. And this, you know, it's a good thing that uh, Bruso is actually, you know, sponsoring us because I think this is another one of those fantastic examples of going with higher quality hardware, regardless of whether it's hinges or something like that, mm-hmm. is probably the better way to go. I ended up purchasing some hardware for the long-term bathroom cabinet, which apparently all my projects now should be planned on going for 12 months, I think, before <laughs> I, I go from finish uh, beginning of it to completion. Yeah. And this time, it, it's the hardware. I ended up purchasing it off of Amazon.com at a undisclosed vendor uh, because it's exactly what the uh, client wanted the the look. It was the only thing I could find. And as I was installing the the, the only one of this particular piece that I, I purchased, mm-hmm. I noticed I was having a hard time getting the screws in. And I'm thinking, is it on an angle? What's going on here? Turns out that the piece never actually had the threads cut in the hardware. So uh, I'm basically just trying to like shove it into something. It's not going. So in my desperation, I attempted to cut my own threads uh, using the screw. Never a good idea. Yeah. And the screw broke off in the piece. So in the end, I end up purchasing a brand new one. Okay. Well, yeah. so sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> um, do you have a crap. yeah? Do you have a like one of those screw removing kits? Have you ever used one of those? I have, and I've never had any good luck with it, which is also probably because I think I picked it up at one of those stores that I don't like to admit that I ever go into. <laughs> yeah. I had one years ago, the little craftsman kit that was like, I, this was before I was really doing like real woodworking, uh, just DIY projects around the house. And uh, I had one and I tried to use it a couple times and I had a similar situation. It just didn't really work that well for me. But then again, at the time, I was probably not using it correctly because, <laughs> you know, it, it had this little folded up piece of paper inside the kit and i just thought it was to like take up the extra space in the container um, yeah it's a packing spacer right that's what i thought you know it turns out it actually had some useful information on it but what what, what do i know i didn't read it yeah. exactly Good i mean stuff. i i can imagine that <laughs> of course that was probably back in the day before the internet where you could just google it and yeah. then suddenly discover what the actual thing was yeah totally all right let's uh let's skip over to kickback today um we only have one here so if you want to take that one Yeah, this is from Christopher, and Christopher says, Just a quick bit of kickback on your last episode. Now, regarding John's question on cooling his Phoenix garage, your tips were very helpful, and I intend to use some of them myself, but I wonder if John's garage door is exposed to the sun at all. Poorly insulated garage doors can radiate an intense amount of heat into the space under direct sun exposure. There's a plethora of pages online where people add DIY insulation panels to fix this. And it looks like we got a couple of links in here uh, that, that must be Christopher added these. And he says a cheap uh, infrared detector, about 20 to $30, can tell him how much radiant heat he's experiencing off of his garage door, as well as show him other problem spots to deal with in the garage. Mm-hmm. So now when Christopher is talking about uh, the, some of these DIY insulation panels, my first thought is uh, picking up some of the uh, the rigid foam insulation and then just duct taping that to the door. Do you think yeah. that's maybe what he's talking about? Uh, probably, if he's talking about a DIY solution. But they also sell kits that you can buy, which are basically exactly what you're talking about. It's basically <laughs> yeah, it's basically foam panels that are pre-cut to to fit into that space. But I think if you go with some sort of a DIY solution, and these links might be a good uh, a good review for what to do with that, you may be able to get a better fit, and you might be able to get like more sealing between the the panels because that's the thing. This thing has to remain flexible, so you have to make sure that it, the the door can still do what the door is 
is supposed to do. Um, but ultimately, this this is a great suggestion, and it's one that I totally forgot about. Um, I have done the insulation of garage doors as well as the the blown in insulation in the walls, and he's absolutely right. If you're out out here, and I guess this goes for anywhere really, um, but obviously in the Southwest, it's it's a heck of a lot more of a big deal. If you have a west facing garage door. Oh boy, that's trouble. And <laughs> yes. in this house, uh, for a period of time while I was woodworking in the garage, we have west-facing garage doors, and it's just the worst because the heat is never really as intense uh, here as it is at about the three o'clock, four o'clock time frame. That's when mm-hmm. it's like you know, it's oh, it's hard to describe. It's really it's an really, oven. It's, it really, it's it's basically you're you're facing an ongoing oven. It's kind of like at the end of Indiana Jones when the Ark was opened and that dude f- his face melts. <laughs> yes. It's pretty much like that. So um, you really do need to do something now. These DIY kits are definitely a good sort of top level inexpensive solution for me because I was going with the air conditioning. I needed to do two things. I needed better air sealing all the way around, so I replaced that little rubber deal that kind of has a little rubber flap on it just to make sure that the air seal was a little bit tighter. And I actually had the doors replaced because you can buy better insulated doors. That's an expensive route to go, especially Mm -hmm. if you get the ones that are like two-inch thick pre-insulated doors. Uh, That really does help, but even then, you put your hand on that panel at about 4 o'clock and you can't hold it there for very long. Right. I mean, it's intense. Well, you know, I, I'm sure there has to be a break-even point between getting the the kits, the DIY kits to add the insulation into it, and actually purchasing the doors overall. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure the DIY DIY kits bring it up to a certain point where it is you do have that extra insulation. It probably does help a little bit, but I imagine going with something newer long term would Definitely. probably uh, yeah. work out. Because I know our doors, we have these big, thick, solid wood ones, and every time I've had to have the garage door opener worked on, that's the first thing. They're like, you need to replace those. And I'm like, and you need to replace the thing I, I hired you for. So <laughs> yeah. quit giving me advice. Yeah, and you know, that's I think the, the door thing is also good for folks in cold climates. If you're working in a, in a garage space, uh, you may want to keep the heat in, and that yes. might be a really good, uh, reasonable way to get that done too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That West facing thing. I never even thought about it until we moved into this house. And it happens to be our living room. We have this big, beautiful wall of windows that faces West. And before we move in, our neighbor, the people that purchased that owned the house previously, there was a nice, beautiful batch of trees that blocked the sun about that heating time. (laughs) Yeah. And they cut those all down because, well, they got in the way of the view. Of the neighbor behind us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Out here, when you buy a house, man, you have to you have to be aware of that. So many people get bit in the butt because they go around and they find this perfect house. And when you're house hunting, you're only there for a little bit. And you don't think about things like where's west, like which right. direction is west. And then you find out the hard way, like your bedroom window or something is facing the yep. west side. And you are just, uh, I mean, that's why people, um, you know, it, it, like you would think people, if they could, they would erect a wall like right next to their house if they could just to block that west side. Yeah, I've, I've honestly thought about it enough times. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is on my list. I think that's going to be the next podcast. I'm going to start Masonry podcast. <laughs> there you go. Cinder block walls. There All right, go. let's, uh, let's jump into our email. And this will really push us right into our primary topic today. And I don't know if it's the same person emailing twice, once calling himself Joey and the next calling himself Joe, or if it's just an incredible coincidence. Mm, I'm going to go with coincidence, but then again, knowing our audience, there's a very good chance that he was trying to disguise himself. Not so well, yeah. but trying to disguise himself. Yeah, we'll just call this guy uh, Joey, and the Joey. other guy will just be eh, Joe. 
I think it'll be good. All right, let's move into Joey's here. I'll read that one first. He says, just wondering if you guys did anything special to make your shop ready for having kids come out to visit. Mine is only six months, so uh, she's easy right now. She sits in her little chair, and I stick to handle work until mom takes her back inside. But once they start to get old enough to walk, I can imagine all sorts of new dangers. I want her to enjoy coming into the shop, so I want to avoid any scary incidents. Okay, now this is where we'll we'll offer two very different perspectives on this one. And, uh, well, you went through this, so you certainly can offer the stage that my son is at. Now, my son's a little bit ahead of... uh, uh, Joey's little girl, my boy is about uh, two and a half, uh, something in that rough area. We don't count months. We stopped doing that after two years. Right. <laughs> People, if you could just stop doing that, that's very annoying. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Uh, my son is now uh, 63 and a half. I was going to say, how many months yeah. is your son at this point now? Uh, let's see. 13 <laughs> times 12 is higher than I can multiply. Yeah, do the math on that for me. It's very helpful. Yeah, um, uh, I'll but, go right back with you. <laughs> but yeah. So my son's somewhere around two and a half. And uh, he is. Like a hurricane, a little tornado. Uh, I, I'm thinking of like a old Bugs Bunny episode or something like that. With he's like the Tasmanian devil. Yeah, is that what you're trying to exactly. He's the Tasmanian devil just running through the shop. Um, the thing is, he makes a beeline for the drum set, and then he runs back and he plays with the dogs at the workbench. And one of the worst things. I mean, here here's the thing: when you go into your shop and you think about a little kid running around, one of the best things you could do is get down and like this is one of the tricks I've heard for childproofing your home: get down on your knees. And look at what they can see and look at what's at the height of their head. One of the biggest hazards I've got in my shop, uh, two of them actually, one is the MFT multifunction table. The Festool unit has an extension wing on it. And that thing is just a flat piece of aluminum. Has oh, a yeah. Really, really nice, sharp corner. Really oh, nice yeah. and yeah, sharp. Perfect. <laughs> that's a that's a real big one. And the other thing is the uh, my split top Rubo workbench. The dogs that just kind of uh, poke through as you push them down, so they're just kind of loaded and ready to be used. Well, what do you think's poking down underneath the bench? But a uh, three or four inch sharp corner piece of wood. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, he's already bumped his head on that a couple times. So uh, when he comes in the shop, that's one of the first things I do. I go to the workbench. I pop up all the dogs that are on the overhanging parts of the bench. And uh, for that uh, Festool MFT, I actually have a, I may have mentioned this on the show before. I have one of those water noodles, a pull floaty noodle thing, and I cut it to size and I slip that on the, the edge of the MFT. And it just, it does the job, you know, it's a temporary thing. Sometimes he just goes over and pulls it off and runs around the shop with that in his hand. (laughs) Exactly. As long as he's not in the area of it, you're perfectly fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I do try to discourage the running. You know, we try to get a no running in the shop policy because the floor can be slippery. Who knows what he's going to run into. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing with the shop. No matter what I do, there's always something in there that can hurt him. So I think the ultimate goal for me going forward is to somehow get this kid to understand and respect the shop space, that it is not a fun. I mean, it's fun. It can be a fun place, but it is not a playroom. It is not his space. This is daddy's space and yes. has to be respected as such. I mean, we the kid wants to go for every gadget we have in the shop, but you know, my wife and I both have different cases on our phones, for instance, and we've got him to the point now where if he sees my phone, he'll pick it up. But what he does is he goes, daddy's phone, and he walks over to me and gives me my phone. Um, it's kind of the same thing where he needs to learn to respect that space as, you know, mommy or daddy's space, not just, uh, not, not just the place where he could run like a maniac and, and have fun all day. Right. Um, you know, that, that's a great thing. Cause that, that is one of the first things that I, I, I 
especially recently, because this question definitely comes up quite a bit. And because my kids are older, it's, it is one of those, oh, you've got all this experience. And I'm like, well, but just like anything though, yeah, you have to set these boundaries. Yeah. You have to have these understandings. Sure. You know, at, at a certain age, it is kind of hard to maybe get them to, to follow the rules or go along with it. But it's amazing how if you keep reinforcing these things, yep. they do start following, you know, right along with it. Cause they know, all right, well, this is the, you know, mom and dad are going to get kind of upset about this or, you know, you go from there. So yeah, setting that boundary, that's, I'm really glad you pointed that part out. Yeah. Well, and you know, the other thing is it's very easy to underestimate what they can do and can't do at that size. And, you know, he was running around going to my table saw. He's attracted to the light, the uh, PM 2000, at least the old model, the switch has a green light for the on button, which is just like, uh, it's like one of those (laughs) ultraviolet lights that attracts moths outside. (laughs) He's drawn to it. He can't not push the button. Uh, so the thing was I had the blade down, the blade was retracted. I wasn't too concerned about that, Uh, but I honestly just didn't, it's got that little safety that you could pull off the magnetic safety, but I honestly didn't Mm -hmm. think he was strong enough to push the on button. So I was about uh, 10 feet away from him at the time. And he's just, you know, dinking around with the switch and all of a sudden he hits it. Five horsepower turns on in front of a two-year-old. What do you think happens? Oh, he probably shot out of the, uh, the place screaming. <laughs> a little, it's a little Hershey kiss in his diaper. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, it wasn't, I, I probably would have had one too. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite that bad, but it scared him. And honestly, he doesn't really want to go near the table saw anymore. So, um, yeah, I've, I feel bad about it. But ultimately, that kind of was a good thing. It made him realize that uh, these these things are scary. And just yep. because it's a little green button doesn't mean that I should touch it all the time. Uh, so, you know, I'm curious over the, over the course of time, how much exposure have your kids had, or let's say interest, you know, has it been something that you have to strategize or did your kids not care so much about the shop? Well, quite honestly, we'll talk about this. Actually, this is in part of the, the, the post I have coming up pretty soon is my kids have like zero interest and they've always had zero interest early on. But I think a lot of it has to do with what you just described, like with mm-hmm. the tools. Every time my kids would come in, if I turned on the tool, like, you know, hey, just hang out with daddy for a little bit. We're going to build this or something. The second a power tool came on, the hands went up on the ears. They had this look of complete pain on their face. Like, you know, <laughs> it was they were running through the tool kind of a thing. Yeah. So I, you know, that, that is a big one. So if anything, when they were very young, I always trying to, if they actually wanted to hang out with me, which was very, very rare, um, we went more towards the hand tool thing. Okay. And you know, that, that was the, that was the big thing. Cause I think a, a, a big problem, and this is kind of just from some conversations that I've had, a lot of people, uh, have this expectation that their kids, you know, are really super interested in the big power tools. And I have no doubt that there, there are some in there, but I often wonder sometimes how much is this, the parent projecting on the child? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, when I was your age, I would have wanted to do this. Uh, if I was that age, chances are I was happy playing with my Star Wars toys while <laughs> yeah. watching my grandfather from the other room. <laughs> well, and I, I haven't read your article. I know it's coming out in a couple of days, but this uh, the timing on this is pretty good. So don't don't give any too much away if you don't want to. But um, do you do you think it's do you think it's worth pushing? Like how much how much would you push a kid? I mean, I know this is all very personal, and you need to right. know you need to read your child and know know what the situation is. But uh, there are certain things that kids do need a little bit of pushing to get into, and then you know they do they do get into it. They thank you later because they didn't realize how fun this would be. So right. I mean, is there a certain point where you've pushed too much, or how, how do? You- oh yeah, oh I think it's very much so. You know, one thing I always think about is like when it, when it comes to our kids being in the shop. Uh, usually, it's one of maybe a few reasons. One, you know, they absolutely love spending like uh, uh, 
purposeful time with you. I don't yeah. know if that's the right word, but they, they just love hanging out with you. And maybe they actually do have like that urge to learn the craft because, you know, they're watching, they're watching you do it and they see how much joy you're getting out of it. And kids are just such a sponge that they're like, well, it's gotta be a good time. I mean, look at dad's enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Or, or there's, there, there is just simply that whole entire thing where maybe they just, they just want to hang out with you because your dad or maybe your mom, if you're a mom woodworker, yeah. you know, and then there's always the third one, which is kind of funny, which, I always, you know, my advice on this is pretty solid, but it's one of those, well, my spouse is away and I really, really want to either get in the shop or I need to get this project done. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in that situation, my advice is usually, um, yeah, call it a loss because you're both (laughs) going to be really miserable. Chances are in the shop. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Honestly, when I'm in there, he's, he's, he's just too young. He's not at the point that he can actually focus on anything much longer unless it's like, you know, so I put a cartoon on a TV. He could focus on that for a little while. Right. Um, but I, I, I've gotten to the point now where I can actually get some things done. Nothing woodworking related, but I can clean. I can do uh, some some functions in the shop while he's in there. And, and I do try to get him involved, um, you know, whether it's just cleaning up or sweeping or something like that. And when he starts to show interest, if and when he starts to show interest, I'll, I'll start bringing him in. And that brings us into our second question. That's kind of like what what to do with the kid when you're in there, what projects to build. And this is Joe, not Joey. Don't get confused here. This is just regular Joe. Oh, oh, was there an earlier Joey? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. uh, he says, uh, what age would you start kids woodworking and with what types of projects and tools? My kids always want to be in the shop helping and I enjoy spending the time with them, but I want to do it in a safe manner and let them know the joys of building something great out of wood. I have an eight-year-old, six-year-old and five-year-old. And let's just say that if they come with me in the shop, uh, their mom is much more likely to spend more time out there. <laughs> I was thinking something like a dovetail or a box joint, uh, a box type with a, I'm having trouble reading here today, a box joint type small box. That's the problem. Two boxes in one sentence. Yeah, that, that's way too many boxes in totally, a sentence. Totally. Uh, where they cut the joints by hand. Any suggestions on resources that you could point me to uh, would be much appreciated. He says, I started my kids out at six, five, and four with going to Lowe's workshops. Uh, but they've uh, seen most of the projects at this point, and while they enjoy it, the projects really don't teach them more than how to follow directions and use a hammer and nail. I was hoping to start them on something a little bit more. Okay, so this some this is something I really have little input on because I haven't gotten there yet with my son. I can say that when the time comes, I will definitely push him more toward the hand tools. It's obvious. It's almost obvious, right? It's it's more controllable. It's a little bit easier to manage. Yes, he, the kids can certainly cut themselves, uh, but it, there's nothing forcing the tool to go in a particular direction like a power tool. Although if you're uh, Roy Underhill or occasionally our missing <laughs> co-host Shannon, you can cut yourself rather easily just picking very it up. Very true. Yeah, very true. So, I mean, there's still a degree of respect that needs to be paid to these tools, certainly. Uh, right. But I think it's a little bit, it's done in a little bit more of a controllable fashion, I believe. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the one thing is what, what Joe is describing here, you know, the whole thing about like heading out to the Lowe's workshops and stuff like that, or what would be a possible suggestion for a particular project or something. The way I've always seen it, and you know, the, the few times that I actually got my kids down into the shop, one of them was we made a skateboard. We had a video of that, which at one point I had to edit because it turns out my daughter talks more than I do, which we have a hard time <laughs> believing in this family. Um, and even we still had a hard time keeping my, my son's attention. He was about seven or eight, I think it was when we were building that, that was something they came to me with and said, we want to build this. And I often get concerned when a parent asks about what, what would be a project I can do? Well, here's an idea. Ask your kid, 
you yeah. know, maybe, maybe they just enjoy building like a box or something like that. Or maybe it's a situation where they, they come up with something and it's this big grand thing. And you're like, I never thought of that. I would love <laughs> to build one of those. I want to make a high boy. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, that's yeah, exactly. You're like, well, you know what? How about we make a box that's really tall? Yeah, there you, <laughs> you go. Know? You know, but you, you can kind of you can kind of get a feel for what they want to do, because oftentimes you may find that unless they are, like I mentioned earlier, like they, they really are truly feeling the love of the craft and they just really want to get to the, this level or something. The, the funny thing to me would be one of those things where if uh, somebody did, like my kids wanted to build a high boy, I'm like, I've never built one. I wouldn't even know how to help you with it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Here's a video. This is how I kind of learn things once in a while. Right. So I guess the, the most important thing is to ask them what they want to build and then help them, you know, steer them in the direction of being able to build something that's not going to stress you out as much because if it's something you've never built and you haven't got a clue to go about it, imagine how much fun that's going to be with your kids when you're freaking out because yeah, you don't know how yeah. to put it together or well, and you know, the good what thing is, to go. you know, and especially when they're younger, kids have great imaginations and yes. you know, they say, I want to build a truck. Well, you could probably go in there, get a, a dowel, a two by four and two round wheels, you know, pre-purchased if you need to, Yeah, and, you know, and you could put that thing together and it's a truck. It's, you know, it, I mean, kids, kids are amazing with how they can use their imaginations. And, and frankly, these days with, with so many toys that do all the work for your kids, giving them something that's a little bit more abstract and letting them invent what it is and use it in a way that they want to use it is probably a good thing. Exactly. And then that's, that's, that's exactly where I was hoping to go with this is, yeah, sometimes again, we overthink these things and yeah. they'll say one thing and immediately we're like, all right, we're going to put some marketry in there. <laughs> right, we're going right. to do this because we're trying to like project ourselves onto that. And it's oftentimes, a, yeah, they're just like, I want a board that floats. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect scale model. It's a quarter scale. And, uh, it's like, yeah, exactly. Hold on. Daddy's working. Boat. <laughs> yeah, like we have to do the sketch up first. Hold on. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, that's the, the fastest way to get your kids from never to never want to come into the shop. Is when you start overcomplicating the things, totally. they're like, it was supposed to be fun, but dad made it like an educational thing. Yeah, it seems like you got to make it simple. You got to make it quick because I don't think a kid has the attention span. I mean, maybe maybe some of them do, but in general, they're probably not going to have a really, really long exp- uh, uh, attention span to be able to go in there. I mean, crap, we don't have that great of an attention span on some yeah. things, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the second it becomes frustrating, man, I, I'm out of there, Ouch. and I can't imagine them wanting to hang out much longer. So Totally. Yeah, totally. You know, and the funny thing is, as as Joe mentioned in here, like there's the thing with like the Lowe's workshops and, and some of these smaller projects. Again, to, to us, they just seem like so boring boring and so mundane and way too easy. But again, depending on our child and you we can't emphasize this enough, we should keep reminding people over and over, you know, your child, you know what they can do. Uh, hopefully, you know, your child and you know, you know, their boundaries and you know what, you know, how far you can push them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, keep that in mind when you get these things, because there's, there's nothing wrong with getting some of these, these pre-made projects, because the main thing as far as I'm concerned, is just that quality time hanging out with them because I got news for you. The age mine are at right now, the only time we get time to hang out is when I'm driving them to their friend's house and they're like, can you drive a little bit faster? Because I'm done talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the other thing. I never really had a whole lot of that sort of exposure to stuff like this when I was a kid. Um, it, it wasn't one of those things where I have those fond memories, but I'm actually always a little bit uh, envious of people who, who are like, oh, I remember you know, early days with my grandfather or with my dad uh, going down into the basement and doing things. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't really have those memories. Now, do you know anybody who has those memories and has something bad to say about it? Like, isn't it like, it's almost always a positive thing, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it, I mean, well, in hindsight, I often wonder how much of that is in hindsight because <laughs> yeah. when I went down with my grandfather, the one big thing I do remember was he put his thumb through a table saw. That was cool, but in a completely different way. Yeah, that's that's not so good. Um, but my point being that the, you're making the effort and you're making memories, you know, with right. these kids. And even if they're not, here's the other thing: even if they're not your kids, a lot of us wind up having kids in the shop that are just friends' children, or maybe there's a, a neighborhood program you're getting involved in. You want to bring kids in and do uh, projects. Um, so this isn't just a, a sort of a, a conversation intended for parents. Uh, we all have opportunities to have children in the shop and probably should be armed with ideas and, and how to deal with them. Um, right. So here's the thing. We certainly don't know this uh, topic uh, from top to bottom. We don't know everything. We have our own limited experience to draw from. So I put a question out on Facebook and I was curious if other folks had recommendations for resources and uh, ideas that they might want to share. So we got some really good responses and we will share those with you now. No, that's um, not. I like to keep these things for myself. Okay. Let's skip those, and I'll send you this via email. All right. Um, (laughs) Okay, so the first is a a quick list of book recommendations. Uh, Josh Holbert suggested Woodworking for Kids. All these links will be in the show notes. I'm not going to read them to you now. Uh, Another one was from Graham Ward. He suggested Woodshop for Kids, and that's Woodworker's Resource. Do you remember Craig? This is going back years. Years back uh, was a video podcaster. And I, I just, I don't know whether he fell off the face of the planet or whether I just stopped paying attention, but I think he stopped doing his podcast. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately he did. I reached out to him several times. I'm like, oh, come on, Craig, you got to come back. Cause we had so much fun hanging out at the first woodworking in America. Uh, in fact, I almost thought about, you know, Hey, I got this show wood talk online. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, we want to start doing that with me instead of this other guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm kind of getting bored of it and he's, he frankly is annoying me. Um, yeah. So that's at woodworkersresource.com. You'll be able to find that. I have a copy of that. In fact, Craig sent me a copy years ago uh, and it seemed pretty good. It was ironically well before I had kids and had no interest in anything that was in there. But now that I've got this book sitting on the shelf collecting dust, I might actually have to, to pull it down and see what it's about. Uh, here's another recommendation from Stephen Watson. He recommends zany wooden toys that whiz, spin, pop, and fly, which is pretty oh. cool. Yeah, I like the name of it right there. It keeps me interested, that's well, for sure. ultimately, you're talking about like, okay, what maybe a block of wood on wheels is not entertaining enough for your kid? Well, <laughs> here are some things that actually are going to move around uh, might be a little bit more entertaining to get their interest. Sweet. All right. Well, hey, we have uh, another suggestion here from Charlie Stone. He said, you know, I started taking my daughter in the shop with me when she was about two and a half years old. She became interested in what I was doing on her own, and she wanted to help daddy. Kids of all ages can help on any project. Each of my girls now have their own egg beater drills, hand saws, shop-made mallets, shop-made rulers, and toolboxes they made. And I have four woodworking daughters, and the oldest is 13. My youngest is almost 15. And just a note for anybody in case you're interested and you do have a daughter that's coming in there, and perhaps she still likes to be feminine. Uh, apparently, Amazon sells <laughs> pink kids safety glasses although i'll be honest with you i might get them for myself because uh i have kind of a smaller face and pink is really my color i i had a pair of pink safety glasses for a while i don't know what happened to them but i i stole them from my lab (laughs) (laughs) well the nice thing is you don't if you work with other people there's a very good chance that the other guys in the shop are not going to want to touch them so you'll never lose them that's true that was my logic with the pink uh respirator uh what is it the p100 um 
particulate respirator pads. Those things were awesome because they're bright pink. And uh, as it turns out, a lot of guys just don't mind wearing bright pink respirator. <laughs> um, you know, because it is, I guess it is what it is. The ones I have now are uh, gray with, with purple writing, so they're much more subtle. But the pink ones, man, you just can't beat those. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody just assumed, nobody's yeah. going to touch this, so I'm going to take this one. Exactly. Yeah, everybody has it. All right, next one here is from Chris Landy. He uh, gave us a link to a New York Times article uh, oh, yeah. that, that's called Kindergarten Shop Class. And apparently the article, uh, he, he was interviewed and has a couple of quotes in there. So it, it's a really, um, looks like a collection almost of resources and programs uh, around the country that are very similar in that they bring kids in and get them doing stuff with their hands, uh, whether it's like an after school program or just a local, you know, local thing that's been organized. So pretty long article, but it looks like something that anyone who's interested in this stuff, you might look at it. You may find that there's a program in your area that you can get involved with that's not just bringing kids into your shop, but you can actually take your kids somewhere and get them involved in a program like this, which uh, sounds fantastic. And it sounds like what Chris has done, what they were talking to him about in that article. Uh, So definitely check that out. Very, very nice. And if you do take your kids to it, don't do the thing like if you ever see 16 candles, and there's the dance scene and the parents drag the kid to the dance and are like, you're going to the dance. <laughs> don't do that to your kids with the wood shop thing. <laughs> good idea. Yeah. All right. Well, we have another one here from our good friend Steve Ramsey over at Woodworking for Mere Mortals. And he says, my number one tip is to realize that the majority of children will have zero interest in woodworking and will be bored to tears in the shop. So will wives also sometimes. <laughs> Definitely. Now, find a project they can make in about 30 minutes. If they lose interest in 10 minutes, let them go. It is probably best to let kids feel free to hang out with you and only offer to build something if they ask. Cool. And then, of course, we have a link to a YouTube video, which is probably over, well, obviously, that's at his Woodworking for Mere Mortals channel. Sure. So. Yep. And I, th- I think it's a candle holder or something, a very basic project that he shows you how to build in uh, just a few minutes and looks like a good example of one of those projects you might find in uh, one of the books we recommended earlier. Oh, I think I made something like that when I was in woodshop in middle school with uh, Mr. Gullick. I can't remember how many fingers he had. I don't think it was all of them. <laughs> I missed out on that experience, man. No no woodshop for me. Uh, well, trust me, you didn't miss out on much. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nicole tells me about a kid that cut their finger off on a scroll saw or something like that. So I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe I didn't miss out. <laughs> oh, the one tool that everybody keeps telling us is the safest. <laughs> That's true. You know, we didn't bring that up before. We were talking about hand tools being like a good entry level thing. But a lot of people do say that the scroll saw is a fairly, you know, controllable tool that 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 is on the safer side in terms of woodworking. It doesn't offer much kickback because everything is being pushed down into the table. But it's still a blade. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it still, yeah. still could be a problem. And if you're like anything like my friends, you will find a way to hurt yourself. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, some kids seem to be determined to do that, uh, exactly. like mine. All right, last one we've got here is from Arnold. He says, I used to make my t- take my sister... Okay, I'm, I'm having trouble. Is it his sister's kids or his sister's? Either uh, it way. looks like it's just his sister, so... Yeah. Hmm, apparently his parents are just like, take your sister. Take your sister to Home Depot. <laughs> Get him out of here. Okay, maybe it's his sister's kids. I don't know. I used to take my sisters to the Saturday Home Depot Kids Workshop. Um, sounds like what the the other gentleman, Joe, was mentioning about uh, Lowe's. I think Lowe's and Home Depot are just competing against each other, and yeah. they saw this as an opportunity to get it in. They both have the same thing. That's what it is, secretly. Uh, mm-hmm. They rough. They th- thoroughly enjoyed it. It was working with wood, assembling projects that they could keep. The pieces were pre-cut, so there was no need to work with dangerous tools that they were not ready for. So that sounds like a, a pretty good idea, even if you don't get a chance to take them to a Home Depot or Lowe's little workshop like that. If you do have a project you want to build, maybe that's one of the solutions. Have some of the things pre-cut, have the, the, you know, so you don't even have to turn on the big tools while the kids are there. Have those pieces pre-cut and at least get them started with the assembly. So then they're very quick. They get that immediate gratification of having, you know, quote unquote, made something. 
And, and then mm. later on, as they get you know more comfortable with that, then you can bring them into the building process. Absolutely. And it, again, it's a, it's a nice opportunity to, to have that, that bonding time because you could potentially get shop time by yourself preparing it and they know that it's going to be something special. Or, you know, I always think back to my grandfather who said, sit on that stool, you move, you die. Okay. <laughs> that sounds fun. Your yeah, grandpa was, sounds like my time. kind of guy. Grandpa was a warm gentleman. <laughs> my grandfather was very cold and stern, had that kind of like, you knew you screwed up when he looks over, he just kind of looks over the rim of his glasses at you and you're like, oh crap, <laughs> I just screwed up. for it now. All right. Well, if anyone has suggestions or other ideas, of course, you can go to our website. Just go to woodtalkshow.com, look for this episode and you can leave a comment there if you want to tell us about a book or resource recommendation or even, you know what, share a story about your experiences as a kid or maybe what you've experienced with your own kids or other people's kids in the workshop and uh, share that information because we certainly don't know everything um that could be interesting i had a situation with somebody else's kids i kept telling them get out of my shop i don't even know who you are get out of my shop you jerks you hooligans uh yeah lawn while you're at it (laughs) right um and uh let's go through our little support stuff that we have here as well uh again you could set up a recurring donation at woodtalkshow.com left hand column there's some links there click them you could donate that'd be great uh also twwstore.com we have some t-shirts available and uh beautiful wood talk logos in fact i'm wearing one today and uh, I went to take my new puppy to the vet and I was like, you know, strutting in with my Wood Talk Show shirt and uh, she didn't notice. I hate it when they don't. I always, I, I kind of puff out my chest a little bit like, so you <laughs> you like wood? See that logo there? <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work. So we can't promise uh, everybody will have good results. But in some cases, you know, it will work well. It just depends okay. on where you are. And if, if you happen to have somebody who goes to a knitting circle, we want to start mm-hmm. infiltrating. Oh, that so would be good. There. Like, how dare you wear that shirt here? Right. You're out or of the do club. yourself a favor, get one, get matching ones with your kids, and then that way they'll want to be in the <laughs> shop because of the shirt. There you go. Uh, you can also leave us an iTunes review. If uh, you just open up iTunes, look us up in the store, click on ratings and reviews, and click that little five-star rating. We always appreciate that. I don't have any to read today, but uh, maybe if you put yours in there, we'll read it on the next show. And Matt, how about you give them that contact info and we will get out of here. All right, folks. Hey, do you have a comment, a question, or a topic suggestion? We have several different ways for you to contact us. Leave a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Online. You can call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. You can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. And if you're Joe, quit coming back with Joe, Joey, or any other <laughs> spelling. We know it's you. So, But at least you kept it to one question per email. We appreciate it. Next time, it'll be JoJo. Ooh, JoJo. I didn't even think about that one. Yep. Okay, another way you can get a hold of us is you can leave a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're ever looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, you're going to find those over at woodtalkshow.com, where, by the way, you can leave feedback over there in the little section below the show so that we know exactly what you're talking about and you get Mm -hmm. a conversation going. And sometimes they're even fun. Sometimes, not all the time. Not all the time, no. (laughs) All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. And for all you fathers out there, happy Father's Day. That's right. And for those of you who aren't, but it's questionable, happy Who's Your Daddy Day? Whoa. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Thank (laughs) you. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. See ya. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.